Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. How you guys doing so far? Everybody having a good uh, New Year's? Everybody having a fun New Year's? Hopefully uh, no one's already ready to get into 2024. That would be a, you got to get a little bit of time ahead of you. Um, but yeah, the Nichols family have been, uh, uh, man, we've been uh, killing it, getting back into the swing of things. Kids went back to school. All the moms said amen, right? Man, there's something about, like, having your kids at home for a week after, like, out of the school thing. Like, your prayer life goes up through the roof. You're like, I really got to rely on God to get through this season. Um, but, uh, but now we're back in the swing of things. You know, with this new year, uh, last, year last week we started a brand new collections of talks uh, that we called A Better Way. And uh, the tagline uh, I came up with, it, it, says, it says, New Year, Same You. And, I can't, and the reason why is because I remember every year I feel like people post on their Instagram or their Facebook or the social media, and they use that hashtag, how many of you guys seen it, New Year, New Me? Anybody seen that before? I saw people getting new trucks for the new year. I'm like, oh, that's nice. They're like, New Year, New Me. I was like, that's a pickup truck. I don't know if that's a new, I don't know if that's a new you, but whatever. Uh, my sister, she uh, cuts hair. She's got a salon in Port Orange. Uh, and she says, man, the new year is like crazy busy for uh, ladies getting your hair done, right? There's something about it. You got you to gotta go in there and get your hair did, you know, if you, you got to color it or dye it or weave it or whatever you're doing. You got to do it. Uh, and, and you see the ladies posting, man, new, new year, new me. I'm ready to go. See pictures of people at the gym. They've been there for like maybe two days. <laughs> two days. I haven't been there all, for eight months, but two days. New year, new me. I'm ready. I hate to bust everybody's bubble. All those things look fun and they look good. I'm glad, you, I, man, you do what you gotta do to keep feeling good, but I'm, I'm gonna tell you, none of those things are gonna make you a new person. And I, I'm not saying that to down us or anything. I'm saying it because I think there is a way for us to experience new life or a different life or a, a better way, if you will. Uh, and I believe that's through uh, continuing to take steps to follow Christ practical steps, steps that I know will cause change in our lives. Today, we have the the, the opportunity to experience life differently, but it only only happens through him. And so for the next couple couple weeks, we're going to be talking about this, uh, the the idea of living life a better way. Uh, Last week when uh, when I got up here, I I talked about how uh, in the early times of the church, before they even had most of what we know to be the Bible now, uh, there was a group of people that were the early church, and those people were called the way. And the way were a group of people that they literally followed the teachings of Jesus. They challenged one another and helped one another as they lived out the actions of what Jesus had called them to. And those people were called the way. And so uh, we're going to take some steps here these next couple weeks as we pursue a better way here for 2023. Last week I got up here and I talked about I felt like the word that God had given me for this next year was the word breakthrough. And uh, as, I, as I spent time with people this past week in our church, people that are, are struggling financially, they've got, they've got things that are holding them back from being able to take that next step they want to take of, of buying a house or being out of credit card debt, 
I, I realize that, that some people really need a breakthrough. We've got people that, that you know, are, are coming to me and saying, hey, Brian, I'm, I'm struggling in my relationship, in my marriage. There's just something kind of holding us back, and I can't, I can't get through it. We can't figure it out. There's some people that are coming to me, Brian, I'm just so tired of being alone. I feel like I'm alone. I, I, I want to find maybe that person that God's called me to be with. People that are saying, Brian, I'm, I'm just, I've been stuck in the same job for year after year after year, and I'm just tired of it. I'm over it. I believe that this year, this year of 2023, is the year that we're going to break through a lot of that stuff. There's, there's a lot of that stuff that's been holding us back. 2022 was one of those things where it just, it kept, we kept us where we we're at, but 2023 is coming. 2023 is here, and I believe it's a season of breakthrough. Even this morning, as I was praying, uh, someone posted in on uh, our online prayer, um, uh, our, text in, our text to pray in thing. They had a prayer request. They said, Brian, in just these past few weeks, a couple weeks before Christmas, I had a family member that died suddenly, someone who was close to me. A week after that or a couple weeks after that, we had a young child in our family get, get diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer. Right before Christmas, had another family member that got, that got uh, diagnosed with stage five cancer. And on top of that, my mom is getting ready to pass away. And when I read this, I realize that, that this is the temperature of what's going on in many of our lives right now. There's things that have been holding us back. There's things that, that, that we just feel like there's been attacks that have been happening. And in these attacks, it's one of these things that we can become worried, we can become stressed out, we can become fearful. But I'm believing that this year is a season of breakthrough. And as we continue to rely on God, as we continue to focus on him and him alone, I think we're going to be able to get through these things and break through them, and it's not even going to be an effort to our own selves. We're going to continue to focus our trust and our faith in him. And so today I want to take a step and I want to specifically talk about uh, an action that we can take today. Uh, this is something that I've probably not taught on in the past few years. Uh, this is uh, an action that we can do that we're actually challenging our church. We're challenging the staff and I are doing it together here for these next few weeks. Uh, we're challenging our core team and the crew. Uh, but we're going to call for a 21-day church fast. Now when you hear that, we're not telling you don't come to church for 21 days. That's not what we're saying. Fast is a, is, a, is a biblical term. It's a biblical um, idea where uh, people go and they, take, they, they pursue less of themselves. They give, up, they give of themselves and in turn use that time or use that thing that they would pursue for themselves. They use it to continue to pursue God. And so as we get into this season, this new year of people, you know, starting juice cleanses, right, and, and going to the gym, and uh, working out their, their workout schedule and their hairdo and all, this, all these things. Uh, I, I understand the reason why they're doing it is because as they go into this next year, they want to lay a firm foundation. They want to start the year off right. And so spiritually, we want to do the same thing. And so we're going to take some steps here these next few weeks in these 21 days of fasting, starting tomorrow, leading through the 30th of July. Uh, and we're going to fast. We're going to pursue less of ourselves during these next 21 days and pursue more of him. There's a couple of reasons why we're going to do it. I think that Jesus is, is one of those things he, he's called us to do, it, to set this firm foundation of pursuing God first above everything. We, we believe that what is first 
matters. The thing that is foundational in our lives matter. And Jesus says, he says that we're supposed to, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he says we're supposed to seek first his kingdom and righteousness. And so as we start out this year of 2023, we want to spend a portion of this, this front end portion of it, fully relying on him and seeking his kingdom first. In Matthew 22, verse 37 uh, Jesus is talking to some of the Pharisees and is talking to some of his, uh, his, his, um, his followers, and he's telling them the foundation of the faith, the foundation of being a follower of Christ, the foundation of being a son uh, or daughter of God. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, First. You know, I think when it comes to, to first, first things uh, matter. And it's not even just, just with racing. You know, I think whenever I, I think about first, I, I think about Ricky Bobby in that Talladega Nights movie where he says, if you're not first, you're last, right? Uh, if you ever, did anybody see that? That's an R-rated movie. So you guys are all raising your hands watching R-rated movies in church. Gosh, we're going to pray for you guys. <clears throat> I've seen it as well. Pray for your pastor. I'm not publicly saying that anyone should go see I know we got some teenagers. Don't go watch that movie, okay? Um, but I think, about, I think about that. I think about, man, being first is, is important, right? I, I, I like the idea that, you know, I'm, I'm Erica's first husband. Hopefully I'm Erica's only husband. But I'm, I like being first. I think about, um, you know, even, and, and we, we don't pick favorites as children or as, as parents at all, right? But there's something special about that first child that you have, Right? When the second child comes, they become kind of, kind of t- difficult to deal with, but they were, there was something special about them, right? We like the idea of, of what's first. What's first, what we do first matters. And I know this to be true. Uh, even in and yesterday, I did uh, my first wedding of 2023. One of the things I love to do as a pastor, man, there's, there's, there's three things that are kind of a must that you do as a pastor. One of them is, is officiating funerals probably my least favorite job. There's something about it, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, to not mourn with a family of loss and not have to sit there and reminisce on, on, on the great gift that that family member was to you. It's not a job I like to do, but, but it's, it's a responsibility that I have and I, I do with the family out of, out of compassion. But the second thing I get to do is uh, baptism. I love baptism because it's first step into a, to, to a relationship of faith uh, with someone in Christ. You know, it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, and my, my probably second favorite thing to do is, is marriage, is to officiate a wedding. And yesterday, as I did my first wedding for 2023, these, this, two, these two, uh, this, this couple, these two people, got up in front of their family, dressed just to the nines, right? The best, the best that they could have. The, probably, probably they were dressed up uh, better than what they will be even whenever someone does their funeral. But this is the best that they will have ever looked, and they, they prepared vows that, that were meaningful and thoughtful, and they, did, they put all this time and effort, the family puts all this time and effort into this, this ceremony, and as I was sitting there thinking about it, it's, it's because it's, this is the first thing that this family is going to do. This is the foundation of everything that is going to be built off of this day. Kids will be born because of this day. Lives will be changed. Adventures will happen because of what happens first. What is first matters in our lives. And so I think today as we start this 
as we, as we prepare for starting tomorrow, this 21 days of fasting, this, 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 this time of fasting in this first month of this year of 2023, I believe that as we choose to pursue less of our own selves and more of him, it's going to have a direct impact in us being able to achieve breaking, breakthrough in what we're going through. And so I want to challenge you if, you, if you've not thought about it very well this week, I want you to think about it today to be a part of it, be part of our church as we go through this 21 days of fasting, of choosing less of me and more of him. One of the reasons that we do this, I believe that we're called to do this, is because this is one of the very first things that Jesus did. I think that he thinks that fasting is important, especially when it comes to, to, to the first of something, when it comes to the beginning of something. We see that as he, as he starts his ministry out, as, as, he, as he begins to do ministry for these years leading up until his death, one of the very first things is he goes and he finds John the Baptist and he gets baptized. And then what happens next is incredibly important. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 2 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, I want to stop there. It, uh, in, in other books of the Bible, you would see that it says that the Holy Spirit came down upon him when he was baptized. The Spirit of God came, came upon him. And it says here that, that he went into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted and became very hungry. Now, this, this is in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. I, I want to read almost a very similar thing that, that was from the Apostle Matthew. This is what Luke writes in Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Same chapter, same verse, two different authors. He says this. He says, then Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. This is after he's been baptized. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing at that time and became very hungry. So for 40 days, Jesus does not eat anything. The Bible says he drinks water. And it's one of these things where it's very clear as you read through the rest of that story that it was not an easy process. It wasn't easy just to deny himself. It also wasn't easy because along the way he was tempted to continue to pursue something maybe that, that his flesh would want, something that was maybe an, an easier way. Thankfully, we see that, that he does not give in to temptation, but he uses that time of fasting to pursue God. And at the end of that time, this, this is I, I, I read this this past week, and saw it in a different light than I had seen before. In the beginning of in, in Luke chapter 4, verse 22, it says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to fast. But this is after the time, he, after, he's been, uh, after he was tempted by the devil, as he's coming out of the wilderness, Luke says this. It says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread throughout the whole region. And so we see this time where Jesus, in the beginning of, of his ministry, he goes and he's baptized, and then he, can, he, he says, the first thing I'm going to do during, before this season of what I'm about ready to get into is I'm going to take time away from everybody, away from distractions. I'm going to pursue God. And it was one of those things where it wasn't an easy thing to do, but as he went into it, with the Holy Spirit upon him, it says that as he came out of that time, 
as he had dedicated that time to it, he said that he was not just filled with the Holy Spirit, but he said he was, he was filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And I can't help but think that as we read past this and we see that, that Jesus did miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, unlike anyone had ever done before, I've got to believe that this time had something to do with it. This time of getting away from everybody and pursuing God specifically had something to do with it. Jesus goes on and he talks about fasting in Matthew chapter 6. He says how we should do it. I read this this past week. He says, and when you fast, he doesn't say if you fast, but just so you know. This is something that, that I believe he's calling us as followers of him that there should be a time in which we do this. This is something i got to be real clear with you guys on, on my own stuff. This is something that I've probably not done as much as I should. He says, when you fast, don't make it obvious like the hypocrites do. For, you try to look, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that's the only reward they're ever going to get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, and then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. Your father who sees everything will reward you. This time of fasting is something between you and God Almighty, and that's it. It's not something for you to look holier or better. This is just a time in which the beginning of the season you're saying, God, I'm pursuing you above everything else. I'm going to deny of my own self the things that I want specifically. I'm going to get, get serious. I'm going to, uh, in hopes, draw your attention to these, these areas of breakthrough that, that, I need, that I feel like I need to experience. I'm going to give it all to you and say you have your way. So what are things that you confessed? Um, food is one of them. Obviously, we see that Jesus, he goes 40 days and 40 nights without food um, and only drink water. Um, that's, that's a very tough uh, fast to do. I'm going to tell you that, that that's not something I've been able to ever do. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty extreme thing. Um, but, but it's one of those things that you can fast food. You can... Um, Maybe fast partial food. You know, uh, the staff and I, for these next 21 days, we're doing something called a Daniel fast where we're only going to eat uh, fruits and vegetables and drink water. Uh, we're going to stay away from sweets and meats and, and stuff like that. We're going to deny the things that we want. And during those times where we want it, we're going to use that as a, as a remembrance to, to say, hey, this is a time, this is an opportunity to, contend, to continue to pursue God through prayer, to continue to... to, to, to connect our lives in relationship with him. Maybe it's something where you decide, hey, I'm just going to give up soda for the next 21 days, or I'm going to give up sweets. I'm, I'm not going to eat out for the next 21 days. I've heard of people saying they, they, they give up of, of just eating when the sun is up. Maybe they'll have one meal a day or something like that. But the point of it is to take that time in which you would do these other things, or take that time in which you feel hungry to say, you know what, this is the time I'm going to use this to, to remember this is the time I want to pursue God. I'm going to spend time studying the Bible. I'm going to spend time in prayer. Prayer is something I believe is supposed to be associated with, with fasting. Other things you can, um, you can fast, how about social media? For some of us, maybe the next 21 days, what we need to do is take a step away from Facebook, take a step away from Instagram, and that time in which we would pull out our phone and go to look at it, we think, Wait, maybe God wants me to spend some time with him. Maybe rather than checking, checking Facebook or checking Instagram or Snapchat or whatever the kids are on these days, maybe I'm going to use this time 
pursue him. For some of us, it might be something that uh, another passion we have. You know, I know uh, a lot of people like to watch the news, which if you like anxiety in your life, please just keep watching the news every day. You're going to be super anxious. It's going to be great. But maybe you need to, maybe you need to, rather than sit at home after you get from work and sit there and watch the news, watching whatever uh, affiliation that you like and hearing about what the other side is doing that you hate, maybe, maybe for the next... What about for the next three weeks, the next 21 days, you didn't do that? And you said, you know what, God? I'm not going to worry about it because I'm going to put my faith and trust in you, and you're more powerful than all these other things anyways. These are just some of the things that you can fast. Things you can't fast. I, I thought about this for a little bit. Uh, I don't think you can fast your spouse and kids, okay? Moms, you can't say, you know what? Next 21 days, husband, you're taking care of these kids. I'm not doing it. I'm fasting. That's not, I don't think we can do that, right? Um, <clears throat> husbands, you cannot fast Target for the next 21 days. If your wife tells you you got to go to Target with her, you got to go to Target. It's not one of those things, hey, I'm fasting, I can't, I can't go, right? Can't fast your in-laws, right? I know, I know you want to, but you can't, you can't do it. Those are about the only things I think that you can't fast. But why do we fast? I think, one, we do it because we see Jesus has done it. We do it because we think what is first is important as we set ourselves up for this next year. But as we continue, we look in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, that's you and I, said, I plead you give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I read the message version of this. I thought it was incredibly powerful. I want to read it to you. This is the same verse, uh, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. This is the message. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, and your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God has done for you as the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily, recon readily recognize that he wants for you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. During this time of, of denying ourselves in pursuit of him, of, being a sacri of, of sacrificing the things that we want, I think this is going to be an incredible time for for him to adjust some things in us. For him to adjust, adjust the way that we view, the things that we view about, about our jobs or, or about our relationships. Maybe you're, you're needing a breakthrough in, in, in your marriage. And during this time, maybe God says, hey, I'm going I'm to help you see things maybe the way that they see things. Maybe when it comes to the breakthrough that you need in your job, God's going to help during, adjust during this time. He's going to say, hey, let me change some, some ways or some things that you think about how you should work or why you should work. Maybe he adjusts in you that, he, that, that you recognize that he's given you that job. 
And he's called you to work in a specific way. And when he's ready, he's going to shift gears on you and let you go to the next part. There's a story in the Old Testament, in the book of Second Chronicles, uh, about a king named Jehoshaphat. As I come to a close here, Jehoshaphat uh, was a king of uh, Judea, uh, which was like the northern end of Israel. It says at a time when he was king, he had something over, uh, I think he had like six major leaders of his army. And each of these leaders had something what accumulated up to like a million soldiers. So Jehoshaphat was a pretty big deal. But even being the king that he was, having a million soldiers, it says that in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1, it says, After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Menunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. So here's Jehoshaphat and his, his million, million soldiers, and he has three different countries, three different kings that are banding together this enormous army to come after him, to defeat him. Said a messenger came, told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They're already at Hezazon. Jehoshaphat, it says that he was terrified. You know, I think about I think about the couple that's struggling in their marriage. Or, or the guy that's lost his job, the, the family that's struggling through health issues, the sweet lady that, that emailed me even this morning, and, and I think about the, the life that comes out at us and the fact that we, we very quickly could become terrified by what we got to break through. It could look too big, it could look too mean or bad, it could be one of these things that, that, that just looking at it terrifies us and keeps us from being able to break through it. But Jehoshaphat, it says that, that it was terrified by his news. But he didn't stop there. It says that he, he begged the Lord for guidance. See, Jehoshaphat loved God. He obeyed God. And rather than being focused on, on fear of of this thing that he, he felt like he couldn't get through. This, this, this army that was coming against him that was going to be way greater than the million uh, men army that he had behind him. Rather than just being frozen and terrified, he said he begged the Lord for guidance. It says he also ordered everyone in Judah, Judea to, to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. We would find out later in the story that, and you can read it if you want to, it's in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, it's a great story. It says that Jehoshaphat sought the Lord's help. He declared a fast for him and his people. And then as they denied themselves and continued to press into God and not be swallowed up by the thing that, that was coming at them. 
the Lord came to them and said, don't you know I've already declared a victory for you in this, in this battle you're going to fight. And when the battle would come, the Lord confused the armies. And the three armies started attacking themselves. And Jehoshaphat's men did not even have to fight the fight. And at the end of the battle, it said that it took them three days to collect the spoils of war, a fight that they didn't have to fight. Because as they denied themselves and pursued God first, he went ahead of them and fought the battle for them. I want to tell you at Coastline Church, when it comes to whatever you need to break through with this year of 2023, I, I think God fighting your battle for you is going to be a lot, a lot better than you trying to push through it your own self. And I think that, that in these next 21 days of you pursuing God, of you taking time to fast and taking a step towards, towards prayer during that time, pursuing him, I think that is where the battle is going to be won. I think that's where your breakthrough is going to happen. So I want to challenge you to take this step. As we do this 21 days of, of fasting, it's also partnered with prayer. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, he says, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray for your father and, pri- and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. I think what we do first in this year is important. I think what, what we do first is foundational for what's going to happen next. I think it starts in, in fasting and in prayer. You know, when we talk about prayer, there's a lot of people that they don't understand prayer. Prayer is just simply talking to your Heavenly Father. People get confused because they either think it's we sit here and we ask Him for things, and that's all it is. God's not a cosmic vending machine where He just gives you stuff that you ask for. He's a Heavenly Father that wants to have a relationship with with you. He wants to protect you. He wants to provide for you. But he also wants to challenge you and watch you grow. Some people think I can't ask God for anything. I think about my own children and how if they ever got to the point where they couldn't ask me for what they needed or come to me when they were afraid, how that would be a failure in our relationship. And so this past week as I was studying, I actually came upon a really cool illustration I want to share with you. When it comes to prayer, there's, there's some times where we don't know what to pray for or how to pray. And so I want to give you this visual of imagine your hands together as praying hands. Go ahead and put them together now, just like you would. Just You'd put your hands together in prayer. You think about it, there's, you'd have five fingers on your left hand and five fingers on your right hand. The five fingers on your left hand illustrate the, the five types of people you should be praying for, and the five fingers on your right hand illustrate the, the five things you should be praying for. You think about when you put your hands together that your thumb is the closest thing to your heart. So when you think about the thumb, you think about your friends and your family. You spend time in the next 21 days praying for them praying for your spouse, praying for your children, praying for your neighbors, those you do life with. 
When you think of the index finger, you think of pointing forward. Use that to illustrate and remember praying for the leaders in your life. Maybe you pray for your boss. Brian, I don't like my boss. You should be praying for your boss. Maybe you, you, that's, that's the time you pray for, for, for the church leaders. You pray for me. You pray for Erica. You pray for our government officials. God knows they need prayer. We pray for those that are closest to us. We pray for those that are our leaders. You think about your, your middle finger. It's, a, it's the tallest finger. Don't let your brain go to what we do with the middle finger. That's not what we're, that's what we're praying that way. You think it's the tallest. It's the one that, that maybe has the most influence. Maybe we need to pray for those that influence the world that we live in. The ring finger is, is the weakest of all your fingers. It's the one that's least capable. We, we use that finger to remember those that are hurting and those that are weak, those that are sick, the families that are struggling. We spend time praying for those. And lastly, the pinky finger is the smallest of them all and represents ourselves. I think it's okay for you to pray for yourself. Pray to God and tell him what you need. Tell him where your fears are. Tell him what you're struggling with. The right hand, it, it, it illustrates what you should be praying for. You think if you make those praying hands again, you've got the thumb that's closest to your heart, I think you should pray for your heart. I think you should pray for who you are spiritually, the core of who your spirit man or spirit woman is. Pray for protection. Out of your heart is where everything flows. The heart is the thing that, that should be protected the most. You think about your index finger makes it number one. You need to pray for your priorities. Pray for your schedule. I, I promise right now, if you don't wake up each morning and you don't pray that God gives you the time to do what he wants you to do, something's going to come along and take the time away from you. Pray for the middle thing. You pray for your influence on people, the people you work with, how you treat your children, how you treat your spouse. The third one, you think where the ring finger is, it illustrates relationships. Pray for your, those people that you have relationship with. Maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Maybe it's for the things that they need in life. Lastly, the pinky, I, I, think, I think it's okay for you to pray for material blessing. For you ask God to, for the things that you need in life. Some of us are praying for being able to get out of credit card debt. I think that's a good thing to pray for. Some of us are praying for favor as we go into purchasing our first home or purchasing our next home. I think that's a good thing to pray for. It's okay to pray for you. I want to challenge you in this season as we get into this next year. What happens in the next 21 days I think will be incredibly impactful. So spend time fasting something spend that time when you fast praying and draw closer to God. I think that in those two areas is where we're going to see breakthrough in our lives. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father,
I thank you so much for all that you've done for us. I pray that in this season, you would give us the courage to continue to pursue you above our own selves, that we would lay a foundation for this year that is one not of just drawn into what we want, but that we would focus our hearts and our minds on you. I pray that during this time of fasting and prayer, these next 21 days, that you would adjust our mindset and adjust our thought process. Set us up for what this year is going to hold. And I thank you so much for the breakthroughs that are going to happen. It all happens because of you as you go before us and you fight our battles. We thank you for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.